This base will explode in 60 seconds. This episode, we're taking one more turn with Bionic Commando. Welcome to One More Turn, a classic gaming podcast that's always free to play. I'm Jim. And I'm Kevin. Hey, Jim. Oh, you're not going to answer to me. You're going to be the bad guy this week, I see. I'm just, I'm laying in wait. I'm here. I am the, I'm the spider. I'm the spider in this fantasy game. Always willing to, ready to pounce. Because spiders pounce. They get the big, the big ugly ones, dude. They do. Some pounce. They're, they're terrifying. I say ugly as if there are spiders that are like super cute. That's gotta be, right? Well, we'll work on, we'll work on that when we create the one more turn cute spider video game. Right. I'm, I'm putting, I'm putting mods out to Skyrim in, in the immediate. Uh, no, this, uh, I was wondering, sp- speaking of spiders, spiders are such an easy anime and games. They always represent the bad guy. And I was wondering if, Games maybe have too many cheap bad guys. Yes. You know, too, oh, God, yes. Too, too many black and whites kind of scenarios in games create these cheap bad I guys. I think there are only two crap. black and whites, Kevin. Yeah, they're both. Yeah, that's true. So I'm curious. I mean, it, I, the cheap bad guys, and I kind of lump these all together into like Nazis, obviously, are cheap bad guys. Uh, Nazis, zombies, those are the big two. Yeah, those are those are even used... combine. Uh, you might want to combine them into a third, into a third, into our Venn diagram here. I mean, there even was the the Nazi zombie sniper game, but also like aliens, demons get lunged, you know, mm. tossed into that group sometimes. You can at least do you can at least do things with demons. You can you can play around with that concept because then you have your you know, your classic satan type dungeon keeper you know like the the horned reaper from dungeon keeper but you can really play around with that concept of like of just we're just gonna put together some like grotesque evil or some visual representation of maybe catholic sin or something to that effect because otherwise you can well you have like your dungeon keeper guys put in an audio footnote but you also have like your disgaea demons which are cute demons which are different than your shin megami tensei demons and there's a lot you can do there Similarly with aliens, unless you're just using greys all the time. Yeah, I would say your uh your 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 demons that tend to have a little bit more character tend to come from your eastern developers, generally generally speaking. But yeah, my my concern is always with the Nazis and the zombies, because you are basically as it should be. Everybody should be concerned about the Nazis and the zombies, really. <laughs> uh, I am tired of all of these Nazi and all of these zombie problems. I know. Can you believe I, what we're teaching our kids about Nazis and zombies? Well, we're teaching them in gaming just to be friggin' po- shooting posts because that's what they right. ultimately become. I'm worried about our kids thinking that Nazis are just about as bad as zombies, when actually they're far worse. Right. Yeah, yeah the zombie has no choice. You know? I don't necessarily know who that character was that, that really has an opinionated <laughs> stance on who is worse, Nazis or zombies, fourth in the grade, real world. Fourth grade social studies teacher? Maybe we should call that. Right. But, like, I don't like it in games because, I, you know, look, I've, I may have mentioned this before, but I like a little nuance. I like a little gray. I don't like easy answers. And when you pick up Nazis and zombies and, and similar types of characters, 
you are just making it a black and white game. You are just making it, you are the good guy, they are the bad guy, destroy all the bad guys. Right. It's such a paper-thin premise, right? It's just like, okay, you are you know, Captain Captain Supergood, and Captain Supergood is going to get his fight stick on against a bad guy that we do not have to convince you is a bad guy. We don't have to worry about, like, developing motivation. Mm-hmm. Just like, hey, look, here is a guy with a swastika on him, so therefore you know that that is a, that is a bullseye. Mm-hmm. You don't need to worry about, uh, you don't need to worry about anything involving, like, following orders. You don't need to worry about any weird, <laughs> any weird implications of the Nuremberg trials or the Milgram experiments <laughs> that have been done in the bunch of years since. It's just, you just know that if something moves and it has this insignia, you kill them. Yeah, you don't have to worry about the rules of engagement or anything like that. It no. is purely like, hey, those guys are bad. Let's kill them. And mm-hmm. I think I think part of this came one. It's lazy, easy storytelling, like you said. It's just easy. It's it's shorthand for these is who you have to. This is who you have to kill. Maybe you don't want to kill them. Maybe you just want to maim them a little bit. Uh, but I think it came out of like the '80s, where you really didn't have the ability to tell a decent background story with a lot of games. You had to just jump right into the action, and in order to do that, you had to just. Put like you said, put a swastika on everything, or put a monster look on everything, and that made it very clear who's good and who's bad, or who is the target, and who is the good guy that you're playing or that you're playing with. Well, right. I mean, think about it in this way: that I mean, even in the '80s, when it's different, even just in terms of the visual representations, uh, a lot of things needed to be kind of abstract or, or symbolic. So if you need to represent a symbol for something that is utterly evil, but yet have that be as widely or at least widely recognized so that even people in many different cultures for from many different backgrounds, we could all be unified in the agreement that like that symbol is representative of something evil. Mm -hmm. Because otherwise you can run into the problem of, well... You're going to wind up with players from uh, from a different culture who may take an entirely different, who may have like an entirely different background. This symbol may mean something else to their culture. Yeah, I agree. It's yeah, that cultural relativism is what you have an issue with if you're say, if the enemy is say China and not North Korea in a game. You know, like the Chinese players who is you know it's an emerging market may not be so keen in being the bad guy. Yeah, yeah, I see your point, but like, there's got to be a way to to sort of have bad guys in specific cultures and not alienate those cultures. Like, I think Metal Gear Solid does a decent job of that, but how they get around it is they just make all the bad guys free agents, like countryless, you know, essentially. Yeah, yeah I mean, you you can certainly have bad guys maybe inspired by real world bodies or real world entities. You do wind up causing potential potential cultural problems when you do just straight pull some group mm-hmm. that is again that does not necessarily that doesn't have that global negative presence well what's the solution then i mean how do you there's different levels of art and and while my prefer my preference is always for nuance and, and something gray there are times where you just want to play something mindless but i always i even in that situation i don't always feel like i always feel like the bad guy shouldn't be nazi or zabe they got to go somewhere else like give me a new guy you know give me the shredder 
Give me, like, uh, give me. I just have like just just some random guy who's just wearing who's just wearing like very inconvenient armor. It doesn't have to be those two. Like, just give me a shorthand for bad guy in a different way. There's other ways to shorthand bad guy quickly in a game. You know. Sure, and, and I mean you don't even necessarily have to put in a lot of work for it. I mean, specifically when you're looking at having a, like a cheap bad guy in here. That's mostly sticking to first-person or third-person shooter and action games. Games where there's a lot of just direct conflict, most of which involving guns. Mm -hmm. So, in that way, you don't even necessarily need to have an intricate backstory. If you're just trying to convince people that that who you are firing upon is bad. I mean, a lot of online shooters now, it's just, oh, these people are dressed differently than you. They're wearing a different color than you. You Mm -hmm. Team Fortress 2 is just a matter of, oh... They're a different color. They're not like you. Just so fire, feel free, fire upon them. They're doing the same to you. That's all yeah, you yeah. really need. <laughs> you know, Counter Strike. Just we have the terrorist side, the counter terrorist side. That's all I need to know. You're good. Yeah, yeah. Who knows? You know, who who? We don't care why they're terrorists. We don't care who represent who's. Yeah, you know, this is like a NATO's counter terrorism unit. We don't care. Just putting in, you know, decades and or at least the the horror from World War Two onto that. When using like World War II atrocities as your reason for wanting to open fire upon these guys, I, I just feel like you need to do something interesting with that concept. Yeah, I know like Wolfenstein's been doing like been doing that for thirty years now, and I feel like even with the newer one, it's sort of a letdown. Yeah, it's still that same thing where the nuance isn't there from me. I don't know. Yeah. You gotta, yeah, you better. The concept better be fantastic because everybody's done it. So, mm-hmm. what's right. what, what? Maybe what's a good concept? Maybe we should. Maybe we should. Come so, up like, with just one. think about it this way. I, uh, I mean, look at Left for Dead. Like, Left for Dead did something a bit interesting with zombies. Granted, it injured. It made all the zombies into runners, which I have a real problem with. <laughs> this is not Twenty Eight Days. You don't like I a mean, Twenty Eight Days Later kind of scenario, huh? No, like I. Yeah. I I still wholeheartedly go with the George the George Romero interpretation of the zombie movie and putting mm-hmm. in runners completely wipes that out and this is the point. But it at least provided this um you know with the the mutations that were in there. At least provided some I guess more more intricate gameplay even if it's not anything more than just you and your buddies need to survive. Yeah. Which like yeah, that which was great at the time. I'm not necessarily interested in that anymore. Because I could get my, my my zombie survival fix now from literally anything. We'll be right back on one more turn. Welcome back to One More Turn, a classic gaming podcast that started in its search for beautiful Joe. It's now in its search for super Joe. I'm Jim. And I'm Kevin. Jim, this week we are playing Bionic Commando. The classic Bionic Commando? It's 30 years old, so why not? <laughs> it's remembered fondly, right? It's remembered fondly. I don't know, I don't know who's uh, who's in charge of applying dictionary terms to video games, so <laughs> I guess it's uh, Steam tags. That's it. That is our standard right now. <laughs> I'm already surprised every time I see what's in the classic literature section at a bookstore, so yeah, is directed well. Well, it was directed by video one of video gaming's classic directors, Hatchin. Oh <laughs> yes, yeah, Hatchin. He was. You remember Hatchin? He was my favorite. Didn't he directed El Topo? I think. 
based on the 87 arcade game, but pretty much had nothing to do it. That looks nothing like the 87 arcade game. Uh, Bionic Commando was made for the NES, came out in 1988. Uh, it's probably more loosely connected to the original Commando. At least there's some debate on whether it's connected or not. There's some people who say that, that it was like a marketing ploy to get people to buy Bionic Commando by saying it was connected to the original Commando, the kind of the father of the top-down shooter, right? I mean, was that licensed? Was that licensed off of the movie, or did that come? Did no. Commando come after? Commando the game came after. It's it's a World War II top down shooter. You are okay. You, so it's not real, so like you are not playing as Arnold Schwarzenegger in it. No, you're Super Joe in that game. That's how they retconned what? it. Yeah, that's supposed to be how they retcon. You in Bionic Commando, they claim that that was Super Joe. That's supposedly the retcon. Uh, oh, it's like retconned. It like we they don't identify the character at all. They don't identify it in the original Commando, but in Bionic Commando. And I think maybe another game, they kind of suggest that he was the character in Commando. But what if I had already created this crazy backstory about the protagonist in Commando? I mean, if they don't, if they don't provide a background for the character, I supply one. Because okay. I am an imaginative human being. Because I watched a lot of Sesame Street. So your, 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 your backstory for the Commando main character was that he just likes to run into buildings? Don't, don't we all? He just shoots everything and then likes to run into buildings. I am all for frolicking outside as much as anybody else. I'm in, I'm part of the frolickers club. But there comes a time in every frolicker's life when he must enter a building. He must take his outside frolicking and make it sure. inside frolicking. Right. And in this case, in this case, maybe it's for uh, communicating with your superiors. Maybe it's for wiretapping. You get to choose. Maybe. <laughs> but... <laughs> Uh, other games around Biotic Commando, you got your Super Contra, Mega Man 2. This is like the third or fourth Capcom late 80s era game we've done, I think. We did like DuckTales and Mega Man. I mean, they were just cranking out the hits. <laughs> we're just doing, time, uh, what are the games getting HD remakes? Apparently it's just everything from, from 80s Capcom. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Look, I'd like to talk about the gameplay and the Bionic Arm and all that stuff, but let's just face facts, Jim. If there's one thing we remember Bionic Commando for, maybe the most important thing we remember Bionic Commando for, it's blowing Super up. D? <laughs> oh. Super D? Uh, blowing up Hitler's face is what we uh, remember Hold Bionic on. Commandos for. Come on. No, Kevin. You are not blowing up Hitler's face. You're blowing up Super D's face. In America, you're blowing up Super D's face. Uh, and I, that's where I am right now. In this game, uh, in Japan, this game is titled Hitler's Revival, colon, Top Secret. So, uh, Which, that is an amazing name. <laughs> right? That is like, that is the best, that is the best use of colons in titles. It's almost <laughs> as if Werner Herzog has started creating his own video games. <laughs> yeah. Which, I'm not sure if that's a spinoff of the TV show Top Secret, but... I am. I am no, it's a spinoff of the show Hitler's Revival. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, it's a reality show based in a junkyard. <laughs> Who could come up with the cheapest way to revive Hitler's brain? <laughs> so uh, let's just get that out of the way. <laughs> let's just get that out of the way. Let's just let's just lay our cards on the table that you are blowing up Hitler in this game. Is that is that scene where that happens? Is that the most disgusting thing that you have seen on the NES? Oh, definitely. Yeah. I was like, I was both appalled and excited by it when I originally saw it. Like, just like, holy crap, 
those are chunks of his face flying off of his of his face. Like, like seriously, there's an eyeball. He's got an yeah. eyeball just like rocketing out. Like it's it, it is utterly vile. Yeah. Like going off a... of what we were talking about earlier about about like Nazis being cheap bad guys. I I feel like in this case it took that as a means to just do whatever the hell that you wanted. Yeah. In this case like I guess you know this is obviously not a defense to any to to anything but like it doesn't matter it doesn't just really matter like if you're putting a representation of any human being you got to put limits there. <laughs> well I it's almost like What's that Tarantino movie, Inglorious Bastards? It's sure. almost, it's like that. It's like, you know what? We're just going to rewrite history here. Let's just, let's just do power. Let's just do a complete violent power fantasy over it. And that's well, what that on. exploding face is. Like, it's not, it may not necessarily be a power fantasy after all. One, this is top secret. <laughs> okay. And two, this took place in 1989. Like if you look at the photos at the end of the game, there's like a little there's a little timestamp on them that say like 1989. So like maybe maybe this happened. This is actually it's based on a true story. Oh okay. Yeah, it was based on a tell-all. It was based on a tell-all novel that uh, after the Washington Post spoiled some things. Yeah, I bet you. I, you know, it's funny though. I don't remember Commander Kilt ever in my history lessons, but mm. you know, maybe he was part of the top secretness of this all. Oh and right, I, right, right. No, he was. Uh, he came over from. Uh, you know, he was flown in from Scotland, and he was just like the, from the secret, you know, Hitler revival unit. So face exploding aside, okay. <laughs> all right, all right. Let's got... just, let's get to the actual game now because the exploding faces look. Let's... Wait, are you telling me there's more to this game than just exploding? Is it is it is it Super D or is it Master D? Master, I think it's Master D. The plot is basically there's a neo-nazi group organization has is on the rise you're you are the federation i think they're called the empire or something they have an evil sounding name or the bads i think the yeah the, the american version b-a-d-d the, the, yeah, the bads and you are a new recruit you are rad johnson rad's your lad are, johnson lad, lad uh, spencer lad, sorry lad spencer lad spencer um it's a pretty good name Pretty it's, good a pretty, name. it's a pretty sweet name, Lad Spencer. I mean, there's a lot of this thing about the packaging of this, the character you play as, the box art. The box art's pretty badass. Like, yeah, it is bordering on, like, old Atari, old Atari <laughs> box art. Well, what's funny about the box art is there's, there's robots, like, trying to reach for Lad as he's using his bionic arm. Uh, there are no robots in this game like that that they show. There's no bosses. There's, like, the two bosses. Uh, that are, like, one? mech suits. There were mechs? There's a mech suit yeah. boss? Oh, yeah. Oh, I missed. I I beat it, and I can't even remember that. But everyone remembers outside of uh, outside of that. The big gameplay thing is the bionic arm in this. Uh, so you're you're you are you are Lad Spencer, and you are infiltrating the Empire with. No, you do not have the ability to jump. You only have the ability to latch onto things with your bionic arm and shoot with your cannon or gun or whatever gun you're using at the time. Yeah. So. Yeah, can we can we talk about? I want to talk about that bionic arm, because I, I was both fascinated and immensely frustrated with that that <laughs> damn arm. First of all, actually, first of all, I can say that. Uh, have, have you did you play this before? Did you oh, play yeah, this when I, you were young? I owned this when I was a kid. I've played it multiple times. Yeah. Okay. See again. This was my first time playing Bionic Commando. <laughs> I am personally fascinated by games 
that restrict themselves mechan that really restrict themselves mechanically. Because I feel that once you start doing that, if you like there if you think of like an easy solution for a platformer, and then all of a sudden you just say, like, well, all of a sudden, let's take away the ability to jump. Now, how are you going to get around having vertical design in your games? And then that really spurs on ingenuity. That spurs mm-hmm. on cre- the, cre- the creative process. It's been, you can find all sorts of different studies done on this, that as soon as you start restricting, uh, restricting features or restricting mechanics to it, really interesting, really interesting designs and solutions uh, stem from that. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's, that's kind of what happens here. Is that all of a sudden you're just like, well, there's no jumping, which in a way certainly makes it a bit more realistic. Because mm-hmm. when you're not going to have a guy who's just jumping 13 feet in the air, which most platformers may have. You know, Jim, you might say, bionic arms, is that much <laughs> easier? Is that much better? I'm like, oh, okay. You got me. So with having, with having the bionic arm, like for a game, for a game that's from 1988, mm-hmm. that is insane. Like that is, that is some, I really respect the hell out of them for putting that as as such a necessary mechanic into the game. Now, because it is the only game that that's done this for a very long time, it makes it it really heightens the learning curve of it. Yeah. Oh yeah. And oh my gosh. I got about halfway through this game and I'm still putting together an America's funniest home videos blooper reel of this every time. Which is like all of a sudden I'm you know, I'm pulling into a wall, but then I clip through something a little weird, and then I'll like I'm shooting off at another direction now, and just yeah. it was the worst. They try to ease you into it somewhat. Um, on the I think it's like uh, area four where you have to go, where it's like the place you have to use the flare, and there's just a long flat surface over spikes that you have to kind of swing across. Whereas later in later levels, that long flat surface is replaced by uh, kind of like an upside down stairs that you have to do, or uh, 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 or uh, just little balls, just little uh, ball, hang, like hanging globes that you have to latch, have perfect timing and latch onto and swing right. across an open yeah, area. Yeah, and those, those freaking those globes too. Like there are some vertical levels in that even early on where you have to jump up on top of those globes, which you cannot actually stand on. No, no, they like fling you off immediately, which you then have to then latch onto something else then and climb up. I think it's ingenious in its, in its creative design. It's incredibly, incredibly difficult for me to learn. I think that was easily the cause of 90% of my deaths in that game. Oh, yeah. Yeah, especially on some of the later levels. There's one in particular. I think it's like the second to last area or it might just be the last area where... Uh, you have to leap across, uh, you have to do that, like I said, inverted stairs, uh, kind of thing where like you're at a one level swinging and you have to go to a level higher, but you can only swing from that level higher, but you have to go across this big giant chasm that's like full of fire and you have to time the last swing perfectly so that you're fully extended. You catch the very edge of like a, up under a cliff or underneath cliff and swing fully out just to barely make it to the platform that gets you to the end of the level right in a way it's like it's like having a jump with a locked with like a static distance that you can go mm-hmm. like you can't turn around during it although i guess you can like swing out and swing back which also actually requires having more space than a natural jump may be so like if you grapple into a wall 
you will get flung back a short distance, oftentimes yeah. into spike pits, as I have found. Yeah, I don't know how Spider-Man does it. I mean, after playing this game, I don't know how Spider-Man swings around. <laughs> oh, he doesn't in early Spider-Man games. Oh, it's 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 terrible. I don't even know how Lad Spencer does it. But yeah, I look when I was a kid playing this, you you immediately go to you die a million times. But like it did capture my imagination. I was like, man, that would be cool to just have like an arm extension. You're, you know, basically uh, uh, Indiana Jones's whip, you know, just like shoot something out, latch on, swing across, but then like swing across forever, like swing, like co just constantly being constantly swinging from the ceiling endlessly. I don't know. I mean, that's that was what that's, I think that's why this was popular. The actual usefulness of such a device, <laughs> useful in heavily urbanized areas and maybe a rave. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, this is not a good wartime mechanic. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna swing right, down and right. shoot this all is these. This is like post World War Two here. You know, we, you know, World War One was about trench warfare. And like, you know, World War II, you need a lot of protect, like, you need massive amounts of protection, a lot of people in vehicles, and like, okay, now we're just gonna yeah, just leave ourselves completely out in the open, just swing, like, oh, if we just move quickly enough, or maybe if we just kick someone who gets near us, it'll be fine. <laughs> Lots of the iron But yeah, this is more of a commando operation after all. Yeah, I guess it is This a is like, you've already thing. snuck into enemy territory, and you're, and you're meeting up, you're having like a rendezvous with other with other agents that have also snuck into enemy territory to find the the hero of the day, Super Joe. In that in that way, like I, I guess it has that kind of sneaky, maybe like a like that ninja element to it. And that's kind of what you are. Yeah, you're a ninja with a gun. Although if I had a, a bionic arm, I'd be so lazy. You know what I mean? Like I would just be like opening my refrigerator, grabbing a beer out of it, all without leaving like the confines of my couch. You know? Oh, so you want like one of those arm? You like one of those reaching, like one of those reacher sticks to have from your rascal? You yeah, just yeah. To have one of those just attached to your arm at all times? Yeah, but bionic. You know, it could curve around corners and latch onto things. I think it would be. I think it would really, really. I think I'd basically what I'm saying is I'd gain 200 pounds if I had a bionic arm, and I just, I would just, <laughs> I would just become an invalid. We'll be right back on one more turn. Welcome back to One More Turn, where we're on the highway to the neutral zone. I'm Jim. Uh, I'm Kevin. How's you? We make fun of my puns. It's not a pun. <laughs> wow, whatever, whatever that reference. was. You make fun of it. It's a reference. Speaking of which, how did you feel about these neutral zones in this game? All the people in white telling you what what you can and cannot do. Don't tell me where I can shoot, man in white. I can do whatever I want. I'm Lad Spencer. Look at you classic american pig it was simultaneously a relieving and a ridiculous concept like i imagine that there are kind of neutral zones granted they're not they're not just dispersed randomly in a battlefield <laughs> where there's like all right like where they're set up like zones as if this were um like as if this were battle royale and it's like okay if you look at this area of the grid that's a neutral zone right next to it and so all the surrounding areas Oh, those are all militarized. Those are all enemy zones. But also over here, like wedged in between this river and this enemy capital. Yeah, there's a neutral zone there. Like who drew these maps? This is the weirdest sort of war, car war cartography. 
I don't know. In in uh in the HD version, those aren't neutral zones. They are they're friendly bases. They're base camps for that uh, you've set up as as who are not the non bads, whatever your group's called, the the, 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 the good federation, yeah, the goods, the swells, the okays, yeah, the meh. There are, but in, in now this, we're talking gray areas. Now, well, the meh would be what we're talking about in this NES version, which is they have no, they haven't picked a side. In fact, you run into Commander Kilt in one of these neutral zones. I think the first one. No, I think the second, the second one. But yeah, it's I thought that was a really cool effect. Where even like the very first area, like you run into a red guy, like oh, oh geez, I I gotta kill this guy, like ah, tut tut tut. Yeah, yeah, kind of. Uh, I I liked it in that regard because yeah, it it is in some ways an attempt to uh, it allows for a story like that, or allows for some background, or at least allows you to see who the bad, the main bad guy is, rather than having cutscenes. They're kind of like almost like cutscenes these neutral zones because you get like little story updates. A bit, yeah. You kind of get like a sense, you know, sometimes some some bads attack you and you can't attack them. You have to use your bionic arm to push them away. Yeah, you actually, I hadn't thought of that that way. But yeah, no, you're right that there is a little bit of of world building involved in there where it's, while there is no direct conflict or combat going on there, like it's a little bit of a, it's a breather zone, at least Mm -hmm. early on, that those are areas where you can just kind of go and, you know, talk to a couple of people and see where, where Super Joe's heading. Con- going, you know, conduct your investigation, get your clues. <laughs> You're going back to Carmen San Diego here, uh, 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 or more, uh, or you can solve, or you can solve the world's many of one puzzle room uh, over and over again. Yeah, wow! Zone. I can say they must, like the neutral zone, must have gotten a great deal on those, just on that, like on that construction of room. They just went to IKEA and got like a hundred for the price of thirty. In terms of in, in terms of room design, yeah. For why those rooms have spikes in them, I don't know. Why but it's always would... in the same spot every oh, time. You got to be yeah. prepared for them. Let me tell you, Frank Lloyd Wright's combat days were they were nothing exceptional. <laughs> yeah, he had weird hanging low hanging ceilings there too. I didn't. I did not understand the design choice there. But yeah, uh, I didn't think he had grapples on the mind. But like in all these neutral zones, I don't know if people remember, but if you shoot one bullet. It is like the entire army of <laughs> neutral zone army, whoever the neutral zone army is, come down with all of the weight of their force on you. And, oh, it's and it is like, entirely a larger force than either other side has. Right. right. Like, why it's are like these we are fighting in something? their world. Like, while there are, you know, while there's your side, there's like the Federation, there are the bads, there's like the secret invisible hand of neutral that's just like looming over everyone yeah they're they're just letting us fight here they (laughs) actually have this all under control (laughs) they're just sitting back and just enjoying this yeah like they are yeah why don't i that's the one thing i ever said why don't they take control or why aren't they like who just who are they oh i think they already do they already have control that's why they don't need to contribute (laughs) <laughs> but who they're just are they? here just they're just here renting out space for people to just dump beta communicators. <laughs> yeah, for some reason all of the beta communicators or theta or whatever those symbols they use them, all of them are at these neutral zones. You never pick I don't think you ever pick one up in a fight. Nope. No, they're all they all come from neutral zones. Which honestly, and those communicators incredibly frustrating because it never actually I don't I don't believe it actually tells you 
when to use them? It does. Or do you have to like? Do you have to <clears throat> use communicators? Is that like picked up somewhere? Do you have to talk to a man? Yeah, you talk to communic. You talk to the community in the. I think there's one guy who tells you outside of it in one of the neutral zones, but most of the time it's like you go to the communications rooms. Someone in the communication room is like, "Hey, use the next communicator in these areas." Which ah, cause, see, because I use the wrong communicators in some areas, and I could still, I still had the conversation. Then all of a sudden, the sirens went off, and I got jumped by a bunch of guys with knives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do, 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 do. Yeah, that that little fight music that they that pops up. In the right, communications it's where room. the uh, where the bad army were pretending that they were as cool as the neutrals. Outside of the other the neutral zones, I mean, this game kind of has three little areas. There's the regular levels where you use your bionic arm everywhere. There's these neutral zones, which are like kind of story elements. And then you just have the battlefields, the commando-esque battlefields, where you are taking on an entire army by yourself. That I carry warriors type little mini games in here. Yeah. The only place where you can earn your continues, you have to play them in order to beat this game, basically. Yeah, those were, I mean, that is just straight up ripped from Commando. I mean, that is, mm-hmm. that, if you played those mini, mini areas, that's, that is Commando. Do those actually, you said that Grant you continues. Is there anything really else that's there except like maybe you can just keep farming bullets there so you get additional life? There's nothing really there. It's, it's, it's solely for continues, which you'll, you'll need a few in this game because you're going to be killed a lot thanks to spikes. It's a weird gravity. Like I, I swear, I, I could really, really easily make a mashup of just <laughs> me dying literally 25 times over the course of maybe 10 minutes of just me bouncing off of walls, grappling, misgrappling. Oh, it's I, pretty bad. I, the only the one I know I died a lot at was the Donkey Kong level. Well, I call it the Donkey Kong level, and the big burly guys are throwing barrels down that long. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's basically just a Donkey Kong ripoff. Like, let's play Donkey Kong with a bionic arm. That's that's a death trap, that level. Even in, I think, like the second level, maybe the second level, maybe the second screen on the first level, where it's a very, very vertical level where you have, there's an elevator that's running up and down on one side, there's no elevator on the other with a sp- with spike pits at the bottom. Mm-hmm. During that, First of all, if you fall down the elevator shaft, you don't actually move horizontally as whenever you jump, like you leave a platform, you just fall straight. Yeah. Which is kind of difficult. Maybe get off of this platform. I can get to this one underneath. Like, no, that doesn't happen. You need to grapple from one thing to another. And it took a considerable amount of time to realize this. I yeah. even read through the instruction manual, and it wow. didn't help me in that regard. Wow, you broke the first rule. Read the instruction manual. <laughs> this is an NES game. <laughs> we know, like, there is no other description of how this game works than just than reading the instruction manual. No, no. Plus, there might be might be some useful codes in there. When I type, when I put it into my game genie. So let me ask you this, Jim. We blew up Hitler's face. We swung around from the ceiling on a lot of rooms like a chandelier. We talk to the white army in the neutral zone who could dominate the world, but chooses not to because they're no, neutral. No, I think they do. <laughs> oh, they just do. Okay. I think they're, they're doing a pretty good job of hiding it. Maybe we're all just fighting this war in the Matrix and the white army are the ones that are just controlling everyone. Yeah, they're actually so, the puppet masters in this yeah. case. It's a proxy war of, of white army people versus other white army people is what you're kind of Maybe. suggesting. Okay. 
This, maybe okay. they are the ones that are secretly behind reviving Hitler. Sorry, Master D. <laughs> and what they're doing is they're pinning this on this bad army. So they serve to be as the military scapegoat here. What about this? They already, the white army already has their might. Like they already control a lot of this area, right? What if they are just waiting for the bads and the empire and the federation to wear each other down and then they just swoop in and just take over everything? Sort of like a Batman Arkham Asylum situation. You just wear Batman down so that you could just come in and break his back. Well, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying that that already happened. That happened long ago. Okay. And that in this way, in we're only there because they're letting us be there. That's why we follow their rules, and they're okay. letting us. And they're letting us kids go out and play in these other areas that they're not renting out to people for storage. They have to make money after all. Running the entire world is not cheap. No, there's a lot of rooms with spikes in them that you have to buy. A lot of IKEA spiked rooms you need to order for. I mean, that's that could just be like. A typical citizen's room, for all we know, that that Frank Lloyd Wright monstrosity. Spikes that we saw are, and spikes aren't game. cheap. You need to you need to make sure that you have like a very a very thick, maybe a thick stainless steel. You need to have spike sharpeners on retainer at all times. So I guess what I'm saying is, this is the lesson I've learned from this game, because you do go to the neutral zone a couple times and you have to break the rules and shoot shoot things in order to get things in the neutral zone is that whether you're a bad or whether you are neutral, you are the enemy of good. Whoa. <laughs> there is no such Whoa. thing as neutral. Why is neutral have to be the enemy? <laughs> Why are they the enemy? Because they are slowing you down. You could have, this game could have ended at area four. You could have just assassinated General Kilt, war over. But the neutral stopped Well, no, you, that Jim. wouldn't have the ended. White would that have ended the works? That wouldn't necessarily have stopped the albatross from being built. Master D still would have been in his tube. Someone That's else true. could have taken over. We don't necessarily, we don't know. We don't know what the bad army hierarchy looks like here. Maybe they did have, they did have like other charismatic generals, you know, already dressed to the nines. Maybe he was a decoy. I don't know. Well, I don't, however the, the bad army is set up, however they handle their structure, the game is ultimately teaching you that bad or neutral is bad. <laughs> uh, that there is only one way through life, and that is to be on the side of America or good and just destroy as everything. As much as you were saying path. earlier about including nuance in on games, you're very quick to label <laughs> these neutral guys as bad. They're imp- they're impeding your march to victory. That is a very <laughs> American viewpoint. <laughs> <laughs> like they are they're actively impeding our progress and we have to follow we have to follow their rules like in this case the federation here they they're america the neutral the neutrals are the un and you're just you're you're angry as hell and not gonna take it anymore Mm-mm. look i'm not saying i agree with the lesson i'm just saying that is the lesson that we should be pulling from this the wars in Afghanistan, the wars in Iraq are perpetuated solely by politicians playing Bionic Commando. <laughs> Correct. Yes. Yes. Correct. Okay. So final thoughts. So am I allowed to say that this game was fun in theory? Is there such thing as theoretical <laughs> fun? Potential fun? Game had a high fun potential. 
Conceptual fun. Well, here let's Conceptual let's go back. Fun. Let's go back to our show staples here. Let's let's revisit them. So I have two of them on this list. First one is how anime is it? Which art? <laughs> it's pretty low well, in anime. Artistically, I would agree with you. Bionic yeah. arm that cranks up the anime. <laughs> That's pretty. That's anime. really anime. That is. Yeah, you're right. You're right. We need a sliding scale. We need multiple levels of anime, like art design anime, conceptually anime, storyline anime. Like I'll make a sp- don't overall worry, don't worry, anime. Kevin. I'll make a spreadsheet. <laughs> okay, we'll work on that later. Uh, <laughs> number two, two, in its time or slash back in its day. Because I can say that again, this game was revolutionary, at least in terms of how it's handling platformers. Now, granted, I don't necessarily mm-hmm. know if anyone really followed suit in it. But based on our earlier discussion, I really appreciated having a platformer with an alternative jump. I thought that was I thought that was really cool. Yeah, yeah. I think that's why it was popular at the time too. I think that I think a lot of people like that aspect of it. In fact, I, if I'm recalling from my childhood, I was very impressed by a Nintendo Power article, or not even an article, just a call out to a guy who beat this game one handed. Tied one arm behind his back and played Bionic Commando with just one arm and beat it. And I was very impressed by that because he could not jump. Uh, so this was the Bionic equivalent of the uh, blindfolded punch out. Thank you for listening. One More Turn is produced, created, and hosted by Jim Staholsky and Kevin King. If you have any comments on this episode about Bionic Commando or Cheat Bad Guys, email us at onemoreturnpodcast at gmail.com. Help us out a little bit. Rate us on iTunes or any other popular podcaster site. If you want to follow us on Twitter, I am at King Sorbo. Jim is at Fuzziest Kitty. IED is courtesy of Pixel Hate off his album Man the Revolution. You can find more of his music at pixelh8.co.uk. Blue Paint is courtesy of Breakbeat Heartbeat and the Waveform Generators off his album 2206. You can find more of his music at soundcloud.com slash breakbeat heartbeat. Kevin, Kevin, what are we going to be doing next week? Show and tell, Jim. 